I talked about earlier this week, researchers were, were saying that they feel like they have hit a breakthrough in terms of uh, cancer vaccines. And it's not you take the vaccine and you're not going to get cancer. It's that if you've had cancer or you have cancer, you get these vaccines and the tumors will shrink or the the cancer won't won't come back. So you'll be in, in basically a permanent remission. Um, and that has been something that has been ongoing for years, the research going into uh, different types of cancer treatments. Well, at MSU, they are looking at a, a different type of research, and this involves taking oral medication as a substitute to spending hours and hours undergoing infusions, but there could be trade-offs to that. So Michigan State has gotten grant money to study the side effects of this medication. Professor Alice Sikorsky is uh, with the MSU College of Osteopathic Medicine's Department of Psychiatry, and she joins us this afternoon on JR Afternoon. Uh, Professor, good to have you with us. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about exactly what you're looking at in terms of these uh, oral medications that you're looking at in, in terms of cancer treatment. Good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. Um, these oral medications are used to treat cancer. However, as all medications, both infusions and oral, when they want to kill something like cancer, they produce multiple side effects. So what we're looking at is uh, helping people manage pain, fatigue, skin rashes, mouth sores, diarrhea, constipation, all sorts of side effects, all sorts of symptoms that are associated with cancer treatments because the ultimate goal is to beat cancer. However, that battle could take months and years and how people feel during that time is very, very important. So talk to me specifically about this type of medication. Is this a substitute for for uh, uh, cancer treatments while you're, you're, you're battling cancer? Um, is this a, 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 a type of preventative? Uh, talk to me specifically about this medication. It's, it's different. It's, it's, it's a number of different medications. There are over 50 oral anti-cancer medications that are currently available and approved by FDA. So they are just like infusion treatments, like traditional uh, intravenous chemotherapy, for example, except it could come in oral form. So instead mm-hmm. of having an infusion and coming to, uh, to the infusion center, let's say several times a week, uh, people take uh, medication at home orally. Uh, there are so also you... other classes of medications like targeted agents, which are not necessarily like chemotherapy, but they help beat cancer in other ways. So you uh, and, and some of your colleagues uh, at the University of Arizona, uh, uh, University of Miami, um, you've gotten some grant money from the, uh, the NIH, the National Institute of Health. And as I understand it, this money is going to be uh, doled out over a five-year plan. And this is to monitor and, and, and continue to research cancer survivors in, in terms of their symptoms that come from this medication. So, uh, so you're talking about, again, watching for the reactions to some of these medications. But uh, what will you be looking for specifically? And then how does this work when you, you're working with different uh, 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 universities and research researchers from from around the country how do you collaborate on this oh this uh, I'm very fortunate to have collaborators all around the country and this particular study will actually enroll patients from what is called community oncology settings Uh, the NCI has a a national community oncology 
research program. And so these are community settings. So these are smaller clinics all over the country, and we are going to enroll 12 of them to participate in the study. And um, people, I call them cancer survivors because cancer survivorship begins at the time of diagnosis. So mm. they are still undergoing treatment. They, are, they, they have not beaten cancer yet. They are going through treatment and they're experiencing these side effects. And we have developed um, tools for them to help manage fatigue, for example, to help manage sleep problems, to help manage, to, to manage depression and anxiety that often come uh, during uh, uh, treatment. And so we're going to test um, not just that this, these, these strategies, these tools work, but how they work in the community oncology settings. So we're going to monitor these symptoms every week. So pe people will get called and they will rate their symptoms and we will provide this summary of symptoms to their healthcare provider. And uh, we will see how this works in the clinical workflow, how to best um, integrate it into the busy lives of doctors and nurses at the oncology clinic. So is this just, is this almost viewed as just another tool in the tool belt in, in the medical profession's fight against cancer? Because it, it seems that the more, the, the bigger arsenal you've got, um, uh, hopefully we, we do away with these uh, just uh, horrific diseases. So this is, this is the tool to, for people to do something themselves about symptoms, because very few things could be done by medical professionals. There's no medication that could help somebody manage fatigue, and fatigue is, is very debilitating symptoms that people experience. So what can they do? Well, we give them the toolkit. It's, it's a printed, printed guide, which basically has strategies. Um, they explain to people what the symptom is, what to do about it, what not to do about it, when they have to contact the healthcare provider, when they cannot self-manage it, they cannot just do something at home to help mm -hmm. um, relieve this. So that they know, okay, this is I can do, this is I cannot do, and if this happens, if this is very severe or persists for a certain number of days, I have to call my doctor. And some of the strategies might might be might be obvious, but some of them not. For example, I'll give you one example. So we we know about many of these cancer treatments are associated with nausea and vomiting and poor appetite. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing is to do one strategy is not to take your favorite foods just before you take the medication or just before you go for an infusion for example mm -hmm. it's because your body will learn to associate your favorite food with uh, the side effect and then you would not want to eat even your favorite food <laughs> and you don't want to uh, uh, eat all those vegetables with your uh, with your medication <laughs> either you want to make sure you're eating those as well uh pr professor yes. th there is there is a psychological aspect to the, uh, this as well, um, the type of anxiety and depression that could come with this that could cloud the symptoms. Um, talk to me about that part of the study as well. Yeah, so depression and anxiety are not super common among people with cancer, but they happen just like they happen to other people. Yeah. And in the context of experiencing these side effects, uh, depression does several things. One, it interferes with how you process the information. Okay, what's going on? What, what's happening? Uh, why am I feeling so not not so well? And then second, if I tell you to, let's say, if, if you have fatigue, you might want to have some moderate exercise, like not anything crazy, but take a walk around the block. But depression does, in this context, it, it, it reduces motivation to do things. It's like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So depression by itself is, is, is not a good thing to go through. 
but it also interferes with what people can do about these other symptoms like fatigue and pain and other things. So it's very, very important to manage these things and um, depression and anxiety. And uh, there are strategies, just like I gave you an example with the appetite. There are things that people can do about their depression and anxiety. However, sometimes what they can do on their own is not sufficient. So when that is not sufficient, we add another uh, support uh, to them. Uh, we have uh, interpersonal counseling, which will, which will be delivered by behavioral health professionals from the clinics to help uh, with uh, more severe depression and anxiety. Uh, God bless you, Professor. Uh, we appreciate you and, and your colleagues around the country looking into this because uh, if there's a way that we can make uh, the battle a little easier for people that are that are in the trenches and in the thick of it. Um, I think that's a good thing, and I, I think if you can make them more comfortable in the meantime, uh, I, th I don't think there's anybody uh, uh, that would disagree with that. Professor Alice Sikorsky, thank you so much for your time, and keep us up to date on this, will you please? Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Uh, we will take a break. We are live from the Detroit Golf Club here at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, we are still waiting for, for President Joe Biden to come out and make some statements on the Supreme Court decision today as it relates to his student loan program. Uh, we are continuing to monitor. We will continue to monitor as we continue here on JR Afternoon.